0: Hey, clap your hands one more time, Lighthouse Church. Let's go in our Bible. Stay standing. Let's go in our Bible. I want to read to you a passage of Scripture here, like like honestly one of my favorite, like all-time favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible, and you're going to know why in just a moment, but we are in part two of a series that we have started that is called Raising G-Rated Kids in an X-Rated World raising g-rated kids in an x-rated world now some of you are like i don't have kids pastor josh you better take some notes knowing that one day has got a god is gonna bless you with some kids okay um and, and, and so today we're gonna lean in on part two if you did not catch part one i so encourage you to watch it it's foundational but beyond that i'm gonna be like uh the best analogies i'm gonna be like baking a cake through this series y'all so each week i'm gonna build on top of each other so if you miss one week go on youtube or go to the podcast you can catch up and stay with us but today let's go to Psalm 127 verses 3 through 5 it reads as follows children are a heritage from the Lord offspring are a reward from him y'all parents let me just pause right here parents your children are a reward from God I know they don't always feel like a reward thank you for being honest sometimes you're like can I get a refund can I return my reward not interested. No, but, but the Bible says that they're a reward from him. I like this part right here. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. So for the next few moments, I want to talk to you on this thought that I'm simply calling the weapons we make the weapons we make. Let me pray with you one more time just for the hearing of God's word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this moment. Father, as we get ready to hear your word, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive all that you have for us. Your word is already anointed, God. So I would just pray now that you cover me and allow me to speak your word with truth as I speak corporately. Would you speak individually, Father? And would you deposit something unique, exactly what they need to hear in this season of their life? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands one last time. You may be seated. The weapons we make. The analogy of children being an arrow, like honestly, this is one of my most favorite verses in the Bible. This is such a masculine verse, isn't it? I <laughs> you think about this, it's like, like children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. These are one of those verses that makes me want to go charge hell with a water pistol. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I've got an arrow. God's giving me arrows. And this is an incredible analogy of both parenting and children because You know, I I got these arrows here, and and I got a bow right there. I promise you, I will not attempt to launch one of these out. I don't think our insurance would cover it if I struck one of you. So we're not going to mess with it. So we're going to do a lot of pretend I do something, okay? But, um, you know, when I think about a bow and arrow, and when I think about, you know, arrows like being our children in the hands of an archer, the one thing I know about a bow and arrow is this. It's only as deadly as the archer it's only as deadly as a skilled archer. I promise you, even if I grabbed that bow and put that arrow on it and shot at something, I would hit nothing. I don't know what I'm doing. And don't laugh at me. You're just being the same bow. Some of you couldn't even pull the string back. But uh, I couldn't do anything. But the owner, Zach, some of y'all know Zach here at this church, but this, this is Zach's bow and arrow. You want to run if this hack launches his back. I mean, this man is a hunter. So, so you know, a bow and arrow, I mean, th- it's only as useful as the hands that they are in. And God is saying that your children are only going to be as useful and as skillful as your hands allow them to be. Yeah. Oh, that's like a mic drop moment right there. Did you, do you all remember the show? I don't, know, I don't even know if the show still comes on anymore. Um, do you remember that show, The Dog Whisper? With Caesar Milan. Y'all remember the dog whisperer? Remember they'd be to him? They're like, my dog won't listen. You know, they're coming in with this dog going crazy. And every single time he'd pick the dog and he'd grab the dog by the leash and the dog was listening. And everyone would be looking at him and like, oh my God, look at him. How did you know how to do that? And, he'd, and and how do you know every single time there was nothing wrong with the dog, there was always something wrong with the owner? Right. Like always, it's like, I'm not training the dog, I'm here to train you. Yeah. in the same way, that's what parenting can be like. Sometimes we're like, my child is broken. Oh, I love to watch my wife in in, in work because she's a counselor. And so sometimes parents, they like, they know my wife's a counselor. So they'll come, oh, Pastor Joanne, I just want to talk to you about my son. And then they start, they just like go off. My son won't do this and my son won't do that. And when I say this, he does this. And when my son does that or what my daughter does, what what do I do about my son? And when that happens, I want to get popcorn. You know, I'm like, oh, it's good right now. And my wife's like, okay. She goes, well, let me ask you something. Then my wife will typically go, why do you think your son won't listen to you? Why do you think your child responds to you in that manner? Why, why do you think your children talk to you like that? And every time they're like, hey, 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 it's not about me, it's about my son. She's like, no, nah, fam, it's about you. It's about. You. And so I love it because they come in thinking, you know, she's going to get my kids straight. And, and not every time, but most of the time, it's about getting the parents straight yeah. because the, art, the arrow is only as useful as the archer. The arrow is only as useful as the archer. And so in this passage of scripture there, I love this when it talks about, you know, children being um, like arrows in the hands of an archer. Um, there are three things that you have got to do if you are going to launch an arrow that is going to make it, you know, successful. The first thing that you've got to do is you've got to aim. How many of y'all you got to aim first and foremost? I mean, if I'm trying to hit Peter, but I'm aiming over here, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to hit you, Peter. I love you way too much. You just turned, you know, you just had your birthday. We definitely not going to do that today. So um, you've got to aim. That's number one. Now, the second thing you've got to do is you have to pull it back, okay? You have to pull it back. And then the last thing you have to do is you have to release it, okay? So three basic things to launch an arrow, okay? You aim, you pull back, okay? And then you release. Now, here's the deal. That's a great analogy to parenting because the first thing you got to do is you have got to aim that arrow and, and, and what I liken that to is you have got to give your children a vision for their life. Yeah. So, so that's what the aim is. Do you inspire your child to dream? Now, the second thing we got to do is we pull it back and what the pulling back is is really motivation. Everybody say motivation. Motivation, motivation because um, if, if, if I don't pull this thing back, I've not motivated my arrow to go in the direction that I'm trying to point it so the pulling back is motivation and the last thing is when you release it okay and you launch it forward now now as parents we crush two of those things as parents we crush two of those things which ones are they the aiming son you got to get a good job son you got to go to I mean good things you know we tell our kids good things. We're, we're great at aim aiming we're great at releasing but we're not so great at motivating our kids we're not so great at motivating our kids. I mean, some of y'all are so good at the releasing part. It's like your kid turns 17 and a half, and you're already packing their bags for them. Like, son, in six months, you're on your own. Come help me pack this bag. I mean, like, you're so good at releasing them. But, but if you've not motivated them, what are you releasing them to? Where are you releasing them? Where, where, where are they going to go when you release them? And so for the next few weeks, I want to talk to you. And it's going to take me a few weeks to get through all of this. I want to talk to you how do we... Give our children vision, direction, and aim, and how do we motivate our kids? And then finally, when we get through that, I'll talk to you a little bit about how we can better release our kids to go and accomplish the plans and the purposes that God has for them. So for those of you that are taking notes, and if you're not taking notes, you should be taking notes, write this first thing down. We direct our children by cultivating a vision for their life, okay? Okay. We direct our children by cultivating a vision. That's the aim, okay? That's the aiming piece. We we have to cultivate a vision for the life of our child. Why? Because this is what we read in the Bible. It says, where there is no vision. If you don't give your child a vision, the people are unrestrained. If your son, if your daughter does not have a vision for their life, they're going to go nowhere. They're going to wander. Remember, we talked about wandering last week. If they don't have vision for their life, they are going to go nowhere, and they ain't going to get there very fast either. It's just going to be a whole lot of wandering, and we read this proverb that people need a vision for their life, so they're walking in a straight line. So, they're walking in a direction. So, they're walking and they're moving closer to the purpose that God has for them. Now, in order to give them that sort of vision, in order to do that, you've got to do this. You need to inspire them to dream. Write that down. We need to inspire them to dream. Because here's the deal here's the deal. When your kids get older, and I talked a little bit about this last week. This is why you really got to go and catch the sermon. But hear me, mom and dad. The older your kids get, the less they're going to listen to you simply because you told them to do it. There's a season in their life where you can tell them to do something. Why? Because I said so. That works for a season. But as they get older, it's no longer enough For them to do what you are telling them to do simply because you told them to do it. They needed to be motivated to do it. There's a big difference. There's a big difference, right? I mean, you know, and and parents, we we sometimes, we, we, we don't do a great job of motivating our kids, do we? Because we're constantly coming right behind them. And, 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 and picking up the slack and, and not putting motivation. I'm going to give you a very simple example of internal or intrinsic motivation. This is oversimplified, but it's going to make the larger point, okay? So say your daughter leaves the house on a cold winter day in San Diego. That's like in January, okay? So like say your daughter like leaves the house and you tell her, Susie, take your sweater with you. And she don't do it, but you grab it. And you make sure that she leaves the house with it. You take her to school, and she's getting ready to get off the car. Oh, here's your sweater. You didn't take it. Okay. Now, if you keep doing that, she will never be motivated to take a sweater to school with her. But let her forget one day. Hey, don't forget to take your sweater. And, 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 and let her go to school without a sweater. She's going to come home, and how was your day? Oh, I was very cold. Now, what do you think you should have done different? Ah, I probably should have taken my sweater. Yes, exactly. You probably should have taken your sweater. But tomorrow, guess what? You got the chance to do it again. So tomorrow, take your sweater. You see how it's different when you're telling them to do something and constantly coming behind them to pick up the slack versus teaching them to be motivated to do something for themselves? That's a very simple example. But you get the point, right? They have to be internally motivated. How do we do that? How do we inspire them to dream? There's two things. Number one, you need to help your child discover their gifts, and then you need to help them to develop their gifts. Every single child is gifted by God. Parents, you need to know that. Your child has been uniquely gifted by God. Every single child. I don't care how bad you think yours is. God has deposited a gift on the inside of every son and every daughter. He has deposited good gifts on the inside of them. And your job, mom and dad, is to help them to discover their gifts. Their gifts, not your gifts. I know you provided the raw materials, but God has a plan for their life. Some of you provided some very raw materials for them very very raw materials for them and 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 you've got to believe that god has uniquely gifted them and you're going to help them to discover their gifts now we actually help you with this here at lighthouse church we have something called growth track happens every second wednesday of the month and at growth track we help you discover your spiritual gifts your personality type and your leadership style if you do not know what your gifting is i want to see you at growth track and if you're like hey i thought this was for my kid from high school on up, we want to see them at growth track. Yeah. Yeah. From high school on up, when, once they get once they are a freshman in high school, get to growth track, okay? Because I want to come alongside you, mom and dad, and help you discover what your kids' gifts are. Now you'd be wise when they come home from growth track to snag that little paper out of their hands and say, Let me see your gifts. <laughs> because I've just helped you discover them. Now, mom and dad, you need to know what they are so that you can do the second thing, which is to develop their gifts. See, see, mom and dad, this is your responsibility. This is your responsibility. God's already put plan and purpose and destiny inside of every single child. Your job, mom and dad, in the aiming piece, in the the pointing them in the direction that they should go, you need to help discover their gifts and develop their gifts. Uh, I tell this story about my dad. My dad struggled with the fact of me entering into the ministry. That might seem kind of odd. That might be odd. But my dad struggled with that because I think, you know, I, I shared some, with some of y'all my story. Once I got to be a junior in high school, I kind of turned the corner. You know, I was kind of like underachieving in high school. I was settling for, you know, a 2.8, 2.9, 3.0 on a good year, you know. But then my junior year, I kind of like woke up and I realized that I was just kind of wasting my time. So I got my grades in order. And then in my senior year of high school, I started taking college classes because my dad's like, you got way too much time on your hands. Go go enroll at the, at the local community college. So I, I'd start my day at the high school and make my way over to the juco and i was already taking classes and 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 then i started crushing in the corporate world and then and then then i think my dad i don't i don't know i mean not only did he see the gifts but maybe he saw the potential future retirement account you know with me (laughs) doing well but but when i told my dad i said dad i think i want to enter to the ministry my dad he tells me this he goes i went i had a talk with god i said god you know i got three other sons take one of them. (laughs) I got three other boys. You don't have to take him. And my dad told me that he had a struggle because he's like, I just saw that you could lead. I saw that you could lead at a high level. I thought maybe you can, you know, continue down my career path, but go further. than I went, I could see you being vice president, maybe even president. I saw all these things for you. And when you went into the ministry, I was like happy, but I was also like, "Ah." but you could do so well, but, but he surrendered. He surrendered to God because he realized that God put his unique gifts on the inside of me. And so, mom and dad, you have to discover your kids' unique gifts, not your gifts. It's not always what you want for them, but it's what what God wants for them. And you come alongside God and you help them to discover their gifts and to develop their gifts. Can I get a good amen on that? So, so. That's how we help aim our children. Now, now I want to talk about motivating your child. I'm going to spend a lot of time here. We're going to start today, finish next week on motivating your child. Because like I said earlier, this is where we get it wrong as parents. We don't do a good job of putting internal motivation or intrinsic motivation in our children. So let me give you this thought right here. Developing internal motivation, which is the pulling back, it's what is going to propel your child to accomplish their dreams. The internal Motivation. Everybody say internal motivation. I'm reading this book right now, and there's a whole chapter about um, how the <laughs> how the boomers, the baby boomers, um, and and the the kids that they've had since then, Gen X, and millennials, um, how the millennial generation has really been coddled. Now, now don't get triggered, millennials in the room. Okay, this is a book that I didn't say it. The author said it. Okay, don't get mad at me. All right, don't tune me out or cancel me. All right. Um, <laughs> He started, like, telling, like, stories of, like, you know, how, how some parents have failed to develop motivation. And he, he, the author was telling stories of how some parents went so far as to calling their kids who are off at college, calling them so that they could wake up to go to class, yeah. calling them. Some parents put cameras in the dorm rooms, and they would monitor from home so they could make sure they're going to class. Because mom, mom and dad, we didn't get the motivation in our kiddos, and so we're constantly having to come alongside them and coddle them, and and at some point, at some point, your kid has to be in it for themselves. At some point, your 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 child needs to be internally motivated. So I want to help you. I'm going to give you five things not to do. That's going to help you motivate your child. Okay. I'm going to give you five things not to do. Now, next week, I'm going to give you six things you should be doing, all right? I told you there's a lot in this. I've been reading a lot of books, passage. I've been reading, reading, okay? And I've been preparing for this, but I'm going to give you five things not to do, and I think it's really going to help you. And listen, every parent in this room, I'm going to hit on something, and you're going to be like, guilty, <laughs> all right? And that's why we came to church today, all right? I was doing this talk with my friend. There's, there's, one, there's one buddy of mine from my previous job at Northrop Grumman that I've, that I've just kept in touch with. And so we grabbed coffee, and I was kind of preaching to him this sermon over there at Ryan's Brothers in San Marcos. Don't recommend it. But we were there having coffee, and um, that's just an aside. And uh, I began to preach him this message, and as I'm going through each one, he's like, I did that. Oh, I do that. Oh, I do that. He's like, hey, 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 you're beating me up here. I was like, no, no, no. I'm just telling you. These are things you shouldn't do. Y'all ready for it? All right, let's write these down. Number one, mom and dad, never lose your cool. Never lose. I know. Some of you are like, too late. Make the altar call now, pastor. <laughs> never lose your cool. Now, I'm going to give you a verse with many of these because how many of the book of Proverbs are, is just a, collect- a collection of wisdom sayings? Listen to me, Lighthouse Church. Listen to me, all right? This ain't even part of the sermon, but you should do it anyway. There are 31, pro- there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. That's one chapter a day. If you don't read the rest of your Bible, read a proverb a day because there's just so much wisdom in there. Like, like, this is giving you wisdom, and many of you won't even read it. Well, no one ever told me. What do you mean no one ever told you? It's, it's in the Bible. Come on. Read the proverb. So this is what Proverbs says about that. Fools give full vent to their rage. But the wise bring calm in the end. Mom and Dad never lose your cool. I've been there before. I've been there when I turned into Hulk in front of my kids, and I love how they win equality. And now we got a She-Hulk. So, moms, you've done it too. You've done it too. And 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 and, and there's moments where we're pushed to that edge. But listen to me, Mom and Dad never lose your cool you know now I know you weren't raised like this but your kids are you know that you can put them on a timeout and listen to me the timeout is more for you than it is for them it's like boy you better get upstairs before I end your life <laughs> going a timeout not for your sake but for my sake because I'm about to turn into the Hulk and I'm going to break something but mom and dad never lose your cool that that That's how we can better motivate our child. Because the thing is, when you turn into the Hulk and when you lose your cool, you're providing a horrible example of what to do when things don't go their way. Yeah. You're, 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 you know that more is caught than what is taught, right? Yeah. So you can tell them one thing, but listen, they ain't going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. Yeah. And, and And so you can't lose your cool because... You need to model to your children when life doesn't go your way. How many you know that life doesn't go your way? It's never okay to lose your cool. Let me give you number two. I love this one right here. Parents, don't delay living until your kids turn 18. Don't delay living. Listen, your parents want, your, your children want to see you having fun, mom and dad. Some of your marriages are miserable. And they're like, look mm-hmm, like that? No, thank you. No, thank. You. Like, like, like you, you, you can't wait until your kids are older to start living. That's something me and my wife did last year. It was so fun. I highly, highly recommend it to every couple in the room. We got up that day, and my, me and Joanna, we had plans to go to Disneyland, and we were not taking the kids. We dropped them off. At my parents' house, I'm like, not a word. Don't tell them, okay? And when we got home, like, hey, look at us. We're at the Avengers Campus. Look at us. We went to start. I'm like, you, you, you didn't take us? No. <laughs> because we wanted to have fun. <laughs> Had we taken you, it wouldn't have been fun. And so we're showing them this. And you should have seen my little Jackson. He's looking at me like his world got shook. You know, he's like, what? What in the world is happening here? But But what is... What does John 10, 10, tell us? I've come that you might have life and might have life to the full. Mom and dad live life to the full. Yeah. Like live life to the full. Live your life in such a way that you inspire your children. It's like, man, m- I know my mom and dad aren't perfect, but man, he still dates her. He still does nice things for her. This last week it was my wife's first full week at school. Okay. Her she's a counselor. Schools schools are back and says it was her first full week at school. And I learned this from her, how to take little moments and turn them into big memories. And so we went and bought her a couple of bouquets of flowers. And I got all my kids trained up. I said, okay, what are you gonna say when mom walks in the door? And all my kids said, we're gonna tell mom, happy first week of school, mom. And so so one by one, you know. Joanna comes home, out comes Jaden, out comes Jude, out comes Jackson. Yeah, we named all our kids with the J's. I don't recommend it, but we did it. So, you know, and there, and, and, but, but I take my boys with me to the store to buy the flowers. We set it out. And, and meanwhile, guess what I'm doing? I'm showing them yeah. that we're going to have a good time in this marriage, and I'm not going to start acting married when you guys are out the house. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this, and you guys are going to have a front row seat of what a thriving marriage should look like. I'm not saying it's perfect, but listen to me, Mom and Dad. Don't delay living until your kids turn 18. Can I get a loud amen on that? All right, number three, don't let your teenager intimidate you. (laughs) That response, I should have recorded it. Don't let your teenager intimidate you. Do you want to know that we're the only culture that we look to our young to lead us? Like, we're the only culture that does that. In every other culture, the young look to the elders to lead the home. But for some reason, in our culture, we look to the young to lead our homes. And we're like, well, no, we can't go to that restaurant because they don't have chicken nuggets and Johnny only eats chicken nuggets. And we can't go to that party. Oh, it's at that time. I'm sorry, that's when little Johnny takes his nap. And uh, you know, oh, we, we can't go here because that, you know little Johnny doesn't like going over there and little Johnny doesn't like sand. We can't go to the beach. Listen to me, mom and dad, listen to me. You have got to lead your home. Do not turn over leadership over to your child don't do that. You lead the home. My, my, I, my, I have a cousin, and he just spent the last month during the summer in Europe. Clearly, he wasn't giving to the building fund like we were, but anyway, it's like like, like he, he, he spent the last summer in Europe, like a whole month in Europe, and he wrote down things that he observed in Europe. You know what was one of his big takeaways? They don't have kids menus in Europe. Them kids eat what mom and dad eat. Some of you mom and dads make five dinners at home because oh, you know Johnny wants chicken nuggets and this one wants spaghetti and this one wants fish sticks and then no, like they gotta eat what you're eating, like 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 they, you gotta teach your kids. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm setting a mom free right now. <laughs> Be delivered in Jesus' name. <laughs> but since we get so intimidated by our kids, I'm not saying you don't see their uniqueness. I, I get all that. And listen. What, what I started. I, I I started. Listen, okay. I'm gonna throw myself under the bus right now. And then I'm gonna add something to the cart for myself. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's a college joke. But um, as I was running these points by my wife, she's like, "You're gonna say that?" I'm like, "Stop." You always are the one that just, you, you're always the one doing that. So you want to you know what I did this week? I made dinner. And Jackson said, Dad, I don't want that. So you're going to eat that today, Jackson, because I'm going to preach on it on Sunday. <laughs> 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 today you are. you a backbone for this sermon, okay? Mm-hmm. But, but, we, but we do that. Have you seen that? We do that. We, we're just letting the kids run the house. We'll just, just let them run the house and just let them know, Mom and Dad. They, they, they need to be looking to you for the direction of the home. They need to be looking to you for the direction of the home. Not you looking to them. You, they need to be looking to you. Let me, let me give you another one here. Don't rescue your children from consequences. That's a big one right there. Don't, don't rescue your children from consequences. Proverbs thirteen twenty four says this. Whoever spares the rod hates their child, but the one who loves their children... Is careful to discipline them. Now, this is not the poster child verse for you to go just whipping your boy when you get home. Okay, <laughs> some of you, like your dad, quoted this to you every time. He might have engraved it on the belt that he used to whip you with. Whatever. Hey, I've been there. Okay, different time, different time. But, um, but your children, you can't rescue them from consequence. I'll never forget my wife and I were getting ready to buy this piece of property, this little investment thing we we're going to buy, and uh, sitting down with the agent, and at the time my wife was pregnant. And she was like, oh, you're pregnant. It was just like just letting the women do their thing, right? I'm just sitting there. Uh But then she looked me in the eye. She goes, let me give you some advice. And this, you know, God is so amazing because I I think back on these moments and I just see God's goodness because this lady, she, you know, we're getting ready to have our first son, right? But this lady, I can still remember our conversation. This lady raised three boys. (laughs) I have three boys. So it's just like this weird, you know, just providence. You know, we didn't know that at the time. But now yeah. that I look back, I'm like, hey, hey, God was in that. But the agent, she looked at me squarely in the guy, She goes, okay, let me give you a piece of advice, mom and dad. Let me give you a piece of advice. Jayden, again, Joanna's pregnant with our oldest, Jaden, And she says, listen. Follow through on your consequences, okay? Really follow through on your consequences. Because let me give you an example. Because there's gonna come a day, these were her words, there's gonna come a day. You're gonna be at a family party or a friend's party, and 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 you're gonna be happy, and then your kids are gonna be acting up. And you're gonna tell them, hey, 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 let's let, let's 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 get it let's get it under control here, okay? And then they're gonna keep on acting up and they're gonna ignore you because they see you're having a good time. You know, they see you having a good time. And you're gonna tell them again, hey, hey, listen, listen, you keep on acting up, we're gonna have to leave, all right? And 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 when you don't leave, those kids are going to be like, ah, they don't mean it. They don't mean it. And and she's like, one of the things that you're going to have to do, and this is what the agent told us, is you're going to be at a party one day. And your kids are going to push you and you are going to have to get your belongings and leave that party just to let your children know that your decisions, your actions have consequences. And she said, it's going to be painful and you're going to be missing out. You're going to be upset because you wanted to hang out with your friends. You were having a good time with your girlfriend. You were having a good time with your dude. And it's like, and you're going to have to leave. And she's like, do it. You need to do it. Follow through on your consequences. Well, fast forward. We, we have our little boys, and this you know, three little boys, lots of testosterone, and I remember being at a party, and, and we were having a good time. We were with our friends, and the kids were acting up, and I'm like, settle down, and they would not settle down. I looked at them and said, listen, this is your last warning. You do this one more time, boys. You guys act up one more time. We are going to leave this party, and we're going to go back home. Kids did not think Dad was serious. They looked at me and they thought, Dad's having way too good of a time to leave. Well, I looked at my wife. I said, this is the day. She goes, this is the day. I'm all, this is the day. <laughs> they, they, they're going to learn today. So I said to the host, I said, I'm sorry, we have to leave now. My kids are just just a little out of control. She goes, Oh, we haven't even cut the cake. I'm like, you can cut it. I'll take one to go. Go ahead. You know? <laughs> go, go, I'm not stock. Go ahead, but I'm leaving. All right. And so, you know, I tell my kids, all right, get the pack your belongings, we're leaving. Like, you should have seen this like, what, what? It's like, we're leaving. Get your stuff. We're leaving. And they're, you know, but but but, dad, but, but dad, no, don't do nothing. I told you that if you did not start acting up, we we're gonna have to leave this party. I don't want to leave this party. You don't want to leave this party, but guess what? You chose not to listen to me, and that was the day we left the party. I grabbed their belongings. I grabbed their stuff. I grabbed the cupcake, and I got in the car, you know? <laughs> it's like, we're leaving, and, and, and the car ride home, the tears, the water works. you get what I'm saying, mom and dad? You can't rescue them from every consequence. You can't do that to your child. You discipline them because you love them, and here's my last point. I'm coming to a close now. There's the last one. All right, number five. Y'all tracking with me so far? Yeah. Is this helping anybody? All right, number five, don't, us, don't underestimate the power of a positive parent. Do not underestimate the power of a positive parent. Listen to me. The atmosphere you create in your home matters. It so matters. The atmosphere that is created in your home. I said this just a minute ago. What my wife is brilliant at doing is turning moments and making memories out of those things. So so every birthday, some of y'all do this too, but every birthday, when it's one of my kids' birthday, you know, she's got this vision of the streamers and the balloons. So my kids open their door on their birthday, and there's balloons in the hallways and the streamers down there. She's got the vision, and I got the execution, okay? So it's like we make the, her dreams come to life, you know? And so we do this. Why? Because Joanna's been just so committed to this positive environment, just being this this positive Parent, parents, you do know that your children are going to go through a lot. And children, I'm kind of helping you out right now. Okay, lean in, all right? Write some notes down, to read them to your parents, all right? <laughs> but, but your kids are going to fail. H- how are you going to handle that failure? Be positive about it. Your kids are going to make mistakes. How are you going to handle that? Be a positive parent. You, you can bring discipline and still be a positive parent. Yeah. Okay, Your your, your children, I mean, it's a different world, it's a different time. They're going to have a friend, doesn't like their photo, likes every other friend's photo, but doesn't like their photo, be a positive parent. As trivial as it may sound, because I've been there before, didn't like my photo, I'm taking it down. It's like, what? You're doing what? None of that stuff makes sense to me, but this is the generation that our kids are living in now. Where they're like, you know, friends and followers and likes and all of that. And it's just, it is what it is. It doesn't make sense to me. But the power of a positive parent will sit down with the child and say, listen, I can only imagine what you're going through. And in your mind, you're like, I don't get it. But you, you, you got to be committed to being positive about it. you you got to be committed to being positive about you're, you're creating this type of environment in this atmosphere where your children can grow in a positive environment with a wake up every morning knowing that you are for them that you love them and again not fighting with them fighting for them and don't underestimate that i love this passage of scripture where we see paul talking to his uh spiritual son timothy and he says this i'm reminded of your sincere faith timothy which lived first in your grandmother lois and your mother Eunice and I am persuaded it now lives in you also. You see that positive atmosphere that you are creating for your child is going to live on the inside of them, and it's going to be something that they hand down to the next generation. They're going to hand that down to the next generation. So, so mom and dad, these these things, these, these five things that I want to don't lose your cool. You know what I mean? Don't lose your cool. Never, never don't stop dating. You're, don't wait to date. You know what I mean? Don't stop dating your wife. Um, don't start living. And when they turn 18, every single one of these points, I, I want you, I hope you took good notes and come back and listen to this message. But but we're, we're trying to motivate our children. And these are some things that I don't want you doing. Okay. Don't, don't wait to live and don't lose your cool. I don't want you doing these things because it's going to set a foundation of motivation for your children. Now, come back next week because I'm going to give you six things you should be doing. OK, I'll give you six things that you need to be doing and um, we're going to build on that. But, but we've got to motivate our children. We've got to teach them to be internally motivated. It's not easy. OK, but we can do it together, Lighthouse Church. I know that we can do it. It's like the flipping on of a light switch. When it happens, it will happen. But mom and dad, don't don't give up. And if your kid already got to 18 and you're like, Pastor, but they're like 20 and I'm still trying to internally motivate them. Stay in that fight. Stay in that fight. I mean, you don't need me to tell you what research and data has already shown that our children, our youth are just growing up later than they did before. And so it used to be 18, but now it feels more like 28. God help me, in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, our, our kids are just growing up a little later. So 18 ain't the number no more. But, but whatever it is for your child... Find a way to motivate your child because then we release them. We release them. And where do you want them going when you release them? And, and and here's what I want for you. Here's what I want for you. I don't want for you on the day that your children leave your house to deal with the guilt and the regret that you didn't do enough because it'll be here sooner than you think. The, the, it'll be here sooner than you think. Maybe one of the things you can do now is We'll use the number 18, but think, okay, how many more years do I have left with them? And what are the things that now back off of that? What do I need to do between now and then to get them ready to release them? I'm doing that right now. That's why I'm I'm reading a book called The Intentional Father. I'm reading a book called The Struggling Boy. I read a book called Play the Man. (laughs) And I got this other book. It's like, I'm reading all kinds of books. Why? Because my Jaden turns 13 in February. I got five years, five more years with my boy. That's it. Five more years, and he's 18. What am I going to do to make sure he's ready to go? Let me pray over you. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads? The worship team's going to come up. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every parent in this room. Pray over every child in this room. I pray over every person right now that is sitting under my voice that has, you've just been speaking to them throughout this sermon. You've just been tugging at their heart. There's There's things that have just been piercing their heart. I pray, God, that you give them next steps. Not, not just that we got the conviction, God, but like you told the woman, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more, that we would have that same sense of clarity as to what our next step is. I, I pray that every mom would get clarity on her next step. I pray that every father would get clarity on their next step. God, I pray that you give us wisdom to lead our house as well in a generation that's ripping and pulling apart at our children that we would do the things that we need to do to not only put the values on the inside of them, but also first and foremost God to put a fear and knowledge of you on the inside of them that we are teaching our children Lord God to first and foremost love you love others Lord God and to go out into this world and make a difference you have so gifted them you you have called them and chosen them for this time it's not a coincidence our children are alive now and though we struggle sometimes with the rapidly changing world and what's the type of world that our children are growing up in and we might be shocked and overcome by emotions but you're